0: everybody, and welcome to episode 156 of 40 Going On
1: 14. I am Mike.
2: I am Patrick. I am uh, Scab Joel.
1: <laughs> and I'm Josh, and I realized something while watching Adventures in Babysitting. It's a film that was written by someone who visited the city of Chicago once, met their first minority, turned around and ran away screaming, didn't stop running until they reached Buffalo Grove.
3: Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, I will say I agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it was really like, uh, well, we'll get to that when we well, get to the now. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, to, we'll the get to, that, to the now, but hey, did you notice a new voice in the lineup? Why, that's Blake of the History of Bad Ideas podcast.
2: What new voice?
0: Hello, Scab Joel. Scab Joel.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm your Scab Joel for the week. Usually when uh, we replace one of my co-hosts, Jeff or Jason, on the History of Bad Ideas podcast, we refer to them as Scab Jeff or Scab Jason. So I'm your Scab Joel for the night.
4: We already called Joel
2: Scab Joel. Well, (laughs) that's only after we've cut him up a little. (laughs) I'm the cheap replacement you get for crossing the union lines, you know.
0: There you go. Yeah, so if uh, you'd like to hear uh, some of Blake's podcasts, you can find it at History of Bad Ideas uh, you can find it on Facebook, on Twitter as H O B I Hobie. Is yes. That, all right.
2: And uh, you can download us at iTunes. Yeah, Stitcher. Um, the 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 latest development we've had is we are now the official podcast for the Cincinnati Comic Expo. Nice. Oh, very nice. Yes. It's great. They're coming uh, actually uh, later this month, weekend of September twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. And it's going to be Stan Lee's final Midwest appearance.
3: Whoa.
2: He's getting too old to travel. He's he, only going to stick around in California after this.
0: He's been too old to travel for a while. He's like, what, 98? 98?
1: Uh, he's an ageless wonder that is for sure <laughs> uh if you're too old to travel just stay home and listen to some podcasts i'd suggest one so far that was good, <laughs> good transition yeah, yeah. <laughs> of i'm talking about the uh podcast of the podcast collective network where you'll find us and then the bad parenting podcast on the block no hope for humanity the coffin joe cast Joel's Own, The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Minton Boxcast, Tales from the Hard Side, The Dog and Deuce Show, The Empty Rant Podcast, and The Rad Dad Radio Hour. Right on. And if you'd
0: like to hear some of our older stuff, uh, just like uh, Hobie, uh, History of Bad Ideas, we're on iTunes, we're on Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you're uh, not traveling Saturday at noon, you can hear our latest shows on Geek Life Radio at 12 o'clock noon. Yeah, if you want to talk to us, too. 708, now wrap. 708-669-9727. That's the part I was missing.
1: Yeah, or you can always reach out to us on Twitter at 40Go14, or shoot us an email at 40Go14 at gmail.com. Right on. Speaking of which, we have voicemails
0: from across two ponds. Two, two ponds? Two ponds.
4: <laughs> Mike is not good at geography. <laughs>
1: They're from very far away. <laughs> well, it depends on which way say, you what go. country's
4: two ponds. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where two chains and two pot come from. No, <laughs> oh, it, it
0: must be that. All, all right, stuff. so Nikki, New Zealand, hopefully explaining cricket to us again.
5: Hey guys, you know who? Just calling in about the Pokemon episode. Um, as you no doubt know, I've been all over Pokemon Go, playing since day one because my country got it first. <laughs> um, yeah. Great episode, I just wanted to call in and comment about my favourite Pokemon, Um, the one and only Jigglypuff. Uh, I actually only started watching Pokemon a couple of months ago. Um, John is a bit of a spring chicken and he was right into Pokemon uh, when he was growing up because he was the right age, and one day just decided to start watching it on Netflix. Um, And yeah, I sort of sat down and watched a little bit, but uh, once I saw the lovely Jigglypuff pop up... Um, I was just completely hooked and wanted to keep watching more and more Jigglypuff. Um, I mean, it's, Jigglypuff is adorable. It sings, and you fall asleep. And then it gets angry, and then it just draws all over your face. Absolutely hilarious. I may be slightly obsessed, and when I come back to America in a few months, might be going to Hot Topic and any other type of store like that I can find to... Uh, Buy any Jigglypuff merch, t shirts, beanies, everything.
3: Jigglypuff! <laughs> jigglypuff!
0: Love
5: what you guys. is happening? Have a great
0: show. <laughs> She's not really that far off.
3: <laughs>
4: Hang on. I you tuned out because I wasn't even in the Pokemon episode, so who cares? <laughs> but, I mean, that was a joke. Here we go. Oh, Here's.
2: That's... That's awesome. Now we know Nikki. She uh she sends things in for our podcast too. It's nice to actually hear what she sounds like. Other <laughs> than that, it's it's me reading what she's saying.
4: Oh, it's totally different. Let's li- getting to hear her say it. Oh yes.
1: I, yeah, I think Nick, c- from her description, I might be jigglypuff. <laughs> <laughs> huh.
0: Start singing, put everybody to sleep, and then draw all over their faces. That sounds like it. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> jigglypuff puff. It sounds like the adult, you know, version of Pokemon.
0: No, uh, we for the mm-hmm. longest time, so, Nikki, I like it. Nikki would call in, and she used our our phone line, which from New Zealand was kind of sketchy. So tossing in her awesome New Zealand accent to the sketchy phone line, she would play her voicemail and be like, "I think you said this."
2: <laughs> <laughs> we need a translator for that New Zealander English version. Yeah, but now much. that she comes in crystal clear, we can we can understand her. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All need right. Vocabulary translator. Sometimes.
0: And one more. Here we go.
5: Hey guys, it's me again here. Just wanted to uh, give a bit of feedback about the Hairspray show. Um, Awesome, I love Hairspray. The new movie in particular, I've never seen the original and now that I know it's not a musical, I probably won't watch it. Um, I'm so happy you guys are finally doing a musical show. Uh, Next up on the list, please can you do Grease? Come on, it's John Travolta again and he's not dressed as a lady. Grease is amazing. And the new one you could do is, of course, Grease Live, which I watched last week for the first time. And there's one thing they did that made me really fucking angry, and I want to see if any of you guys get really angry about it or even bring it up. Um, also, about the pop show, um, yeah, pretty much anything past, like, Britney Spears, Christina, J-Lo, like, any of the new pop stars fucking suck, dudes. Like, holy shit, I can't even stand Katy Perry, i got to be honest. But then when we're talking about, like, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, that Megan, whatever the fuck her name is, seriously, I wish I was deaf. I really cannot stand their music. Really, really, really wish I was deaf. Yeah. Pink, you really should have talked about Pink, but maybe she'll get her own show. Um, that, all about that bass or whatever the fuck that song is, that's not a an anthem for women raise your glass by pink that's a fucking anthem that's what i crank in my car pretty much every single day okay there's some good quality shit and you say i'm a fan of the t-swift the t-swizzle um she's awesome yeah everyone else fucking sucks selena gomez is okay her songs often playing at the gym uh i've kind of got it attached to it not that i have it on any of her albums but yeah, everyone else fucking sucks
4: we're gonna to need to do a new yeah. episode. To do
5: Greece, please. And Annie is not a podcast. I don't know what the fuck that was. Do Annie, leaving in alone. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's stream of thought by Nikki. I should, yeah. you know, I should call this segment.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that is the third time it has been pointed out that we really should have featured Pink on the Pop Princesses episode, and I'm inclined yeah, well, to all think they're right. <laughs> nope, nope, that's uh I we got uh, a note on that from Joe and we got a note on that from Gretchen as well.
4: Well, none of them count. I don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, we de- we definitely that was an oversight. Like, I definitely think we probably could have cut Megan Trainer and devoted that time to Pink.
4: Pink stinks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I, that's I, my two-word I, review. It was a the, the great meme that I had recently about music. It had, uh, not Bender, but um, I forget what's the the human guy's name from the, that cartoon Fry. Show. Fry. Fry. Yeah, basically where he's got his eyes squinting. it's like, I'm not sure if I'm turning into the grumpy old man that hates everybody else's music or that the
1: music today really just sucks.
4: It, you, I mean, there's still good stuff coming out all the time. You just got to know where to look.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, there, there was a... Uh, one a similar meme I saw today talking about how like uh the people say, Oh, there aren't any good, there's no good music coming out today are the people that never bothered to check anything out that was released after they got out of college. Or and high I, school, yeah. Or high school, yeah.
4: I still prefer the old music, but I still you know, I still listen to the new stuff and check it out figure out what I like and don't like about the new stuff.
1: I'm trying to think. I think on at least one of our music shows, one of my picks ha- uh, of, like, best overall has been from the new.
4: Mine was in one of them.
1: Yeah.
0: My learning of new new music is always, how do they learn that song? What, where do they hear that song from as they're singing along to it in the back seat with the girl? Sure. Now, Sophie apparently is a big fan of Flo- Florida. Is that how you say Florida. 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 Yeah, yep. singing My House in the back of the car on the way to way home I today. I do
4: not like that guy. He and Pitbull are like the same person, I think.
2: I kind of agree. <laughs> I never understood the fascination with Pitbull. Me either. I mean, if you're bald and you look good in sunglasses, I guess you should rock it. Yeah. There's
4: a there, there's a whole city of Miami guys that should be rocking it, I guess. <laughs> mm.
1: Hey, Josh. I think it's about that yeah, time. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> about that time.
2: <laughs> this week is... Music, movies, and TV.
1: Oh, we forgot to tell him about the and sports. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering if, if uh, our Scab Joel was gonna pop in with an and sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was and sports. <laughs> <laughs> Monorail. <There you> <laughs> Mono- Don't. Uh. Pay-
0: all right, so uh, this is the 3rd of July, 1987, the release date of the unshitty Adventures in Babysitting. Not to give any spoilers oh, for the rest of, this, this, rest of the show, but...
1: <laughs> There's your teaser alert. Yeah, I was going to say, way to play your hand early there, Pat. That's
2: right, that's my poker face.
0: <laughs> All right, so Blake's taking over for music for Joel, so...
2: Yes! So uh, this week we have uh, the number one song... By Whitney Houston. It's also your acronym of the week. week. Yeah, It is uh, the number one song by Whitney Houston is IWD, lowercase w, capital S, and then in parentheses, WLM.
1: That's, of course, the classic, I want dicks worth sucking, Welsh love me.
4: (laughs) 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 Oh... I remember her singing that in concert every time I saw her.
0: That was kind of like a mashup of these boots are made for walking, wasn't
4: it? (laughs) (laughs) These dicks are made for sucking.
1: (laughs) Crack is whack, y'all.
4: That is is clearly I want to dance with somebody who loves me.
2: Uh, Ah, yes, that's right. That's what it is. I kept thinking what it was. I had no idea. I just kept thinking about her horrible overdosing story. Yep. Yep. (laughs) the only thing I remember.
4: Three years sober...
2: <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, yeah, I wish I was dancing with sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry, Whitney. Rest in peace. Uh next. I we like had him. In... He's,
0: he's fitting in pretty good with this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Next we have in music Kate Mary Kate Marie Nash is an English singer, songwriter, and musician who was born July 6th her UK platinum selling album Made of Bricks led to her being named the brash, brash the best British female artist in 2008. Oh, so she was born in 1987. Okay. Uh her second studio album Best Friend Is You was released in 2010 and spawned her second biggest hit Do What do Nash self-released no, I, I third think, album. I think it's Do What Do Do What Do Do What do Do what do and she released her third album, Girl Talk, in 2013. So uh, as we were just talking about pop music and being out of it, uh, Kate Marie Nash. Oh, none I've of us have heard, heard of her. Of her. Nope. Yeah. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to find the 1987 connection. was okay. born in 1987. She was yeah. born in 1987, and apparently she's, she's pretty popular.
3: She's
4: a random British pop star. Yep. You know. okay. Sometimes there's filler categories. You
2: know. All right. So if you're a 12 year old girl who would like the remake of Adventure and Babysitting, you would probably be listening to her. Right. Okay. Uh, the next we got Philip Charles Lithman performed under the stage name Snakefinger and was best known for his guitar and violin work and his collaborations with The Residents. On Uh-oh. July 1st, yep. Snakefinger <laughs> and his current band, The Vestal Virgins.
1: I got a bad feeling about this guy. <laughs> I don't All think he's right. gonna make it through this entry. Snakefinger and the
2: Vestal Virgins uh, arrived in Linz, Austria. The next morning, he was found dead from a heart attack. One cold <laughs> And on the day of his death, his single was "There's No Justice in Life" was released.
0: Did you know that Snakefinger and the Vestal Virgins was Patrick's nickname when he was a youth leader? <laughs>
1: Solid. oh my god uh, there
0: there there must fun. always be death in the twee somewhere
1: and there always that was funny because it's true oh my
3: god it's uh,
1: like as soon as you start with name we haven't heard about who did this uh-oh <laughs> I haven't heard of this this yeah. dude's gonna be dead in a couple seconds <laughs> something <laughs> awful happened to this guy
4: that was just such a great like as soon as
1: you,
0: uh-oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right on to as oh my we don't have Joel to laugh at it, but uh, we're on to movies. <laughs> movies think. out this week include Dragnet, Full Metal oh, Jacket.
2: That's
1: where I go, <laughs> 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 yeah, For some reason, Joel just loves the way I say the word movies. I don't know why. <laughs> out this week, we've got Dragnet, Full Metal <laughs> Jacket, Adventures in Babysitting, and Inner Space*. Full Metal Jacket knocked off Spaceballs as the number one movie. I like Dragnet. Yeah. <laughs> It was all right.
4: Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't hate it. It just, you know, it was average. Honestly,
1: in this list okay. of four, it yeah. was probably fourth place for me. Mm. Well, you know, what? I might have to agree with that. I mean, Inner Space was not awesome, but I remember seeing it I, around. I do 19, have a question,
4: it, uh-huh. it, go ahead. You can ask it now.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I do have a question, in as regards the Full Metal Jacket, and. Mm-hmm. If you you know you have that special appearance in Adventures in Babysitting, maybe we should save this for later of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, right? Yep, yep. So, all right. So remember that these are both 1987.
0: Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, or as Suzanne put it, I swear it's the guy who plays the Hulk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Well, they both have heads. Yeah, I. Otherwise, I don't see the yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on to uh, Viola, Viola Dana was born Virginia Flugrath on June 26, 1897. Okay, now you're not even trying. <laughs>
3: 1897.
1: We all know what's about to happen, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I decided
4: to spoil this one early. <laughs> <laughs> on June
1: 26th, 1897 and became a successful silent film actress appearing in over 100 films, but she was unable to make the transition to sound films. She first appeared on stage at the age of three and as a teen made four small appearances in the emergent film industry in New York using the name Viola Flugrath when she began performing in... When she began performing in vaudeville, she was discovered for films. She died on July 3, 1987, at the Motion Picture and Television Country House and Hospital in Woodland Hills, Los Angeles, at the age of 90.
4: Moment of silence for Viola. To-
1: Good for her. I was going to say, a moment of silence is, a, is only appropriate.
2: I, I thought it I, would be. Yeah. I get that. A moment of silence, yes. Should we uh, use a little bit of piano for background, Phil? <laughs> Hang Who's up.
4: background Phil? Is that a new guest?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> background Phil. He's just like,
0: hey, I like this too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, TV. Where do they go? TV. The top shows of 1987: The Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, and The Golden Girls. So that was the lineup there before. Was Family Ties not out yet, or had it finished? <laughs> Normally, that's, a good that's in there. Right yeah
4: it's, it's one of the one of the the, the quad for, for, Qu- for it
0: keep, keep
1: there's the a phil trium- <laughs> 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 background phil <laughs> think about that i don't think that's really a word
0: <laughs> all right so uh that's the four of the top tv shows july 2nd was a debut of heart of the city a touching drama about a new york cop raising uh-huh. his two kids on his own and it only lasts one season and 13 episodes, but it's Christina Applegate's first major role in a TV show.
2: Huh. So I approve.
0: Yep. The, well, she was like maybe 10. Oh, before
2: Married we? with Children, huh? Yeah. Yep.
0: Before that, she was just like little bit parts, like one, one-offs one on different shows. This is the first show that she had where she was the one of the main characters. So,
1: also, Presumably one <laughs> of the kids.
0: Yes. Uh, also, the 13th federal judge throws out Bett Midler's 10 million dollar suit against Ford Motor Company, who used a sound-alike voice for their TV commercials. She was awarded a 400 thousand in appeals. Can you? I don't know, well, apparently you can do that. You can sue somebody because they use somebody that sounds like you.
1: Well, especially if they were doing it explicitly. Was she that's what I'm guessing is they were doing it explicitly to get out of paying her for singing a song that she was known for performing. I That's exactly it was-
4: what it was. They they used one of her songs and they had somebody sing it like you know, she sang it.
0: Huh. Hmm.
4: And you know, it would and as the judge ah, said, he's he's like okay. this this was like a cheap thief tactic, but it's not necessarily illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not illegal, but you guys are still dicks. Fork over four hundred K. Pretty much. All right, so Pat's got sports. <clears throat>
4: this is going to be a long one, by the way. Just That's what it she a, said. It was um, mostly it was Bette,
2: Bette Midler. <laughs> it wasn't completely Bette Midler. Mostly Bette Midler.
4: Yeah, it was like an 80% Bette Midler. <laughs> Bette Midler light.
0: That's um. <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> I love Bette Midler, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyway, moving on to Sports. Uh, on July fifth, the Oakland A's Mark McGuire, <laughs> you may have heard of that name before, um, becomes the first rookie to hit thirty home runs before the All Star break. Um, that's pretty impressive. I'll just let you guys know that.
0: Ah,
4: yeah. I don't know how much you know about sports. And that was play. only
2: using Andro. <laughs>
4: yeah. All right. Now I I got an actual. <laughs> now it's now it's two to two guys. Yeah. Now it's two to two. We're even. <laughs> On July 1st, WHNAM in New York changes their call letters to WFAM and becomes the nation's first 24-hour all-sports radio station.
1: Yeah, there's no way I would have known that. I'm I'm more likely to know about all these cricket facts coming up.
4: (laughs) Wait on the cricket because I'm – well, anyway. On July 4th, Imran Khan takes his 300th test cricket wicket and is the only Pakistani to ever –
1: do so we're getting to the point where we've done so much cricket coverage that i'm recognizing the names of the stars i know we've heard about we, imran khan yeah that, have,
3: that's 100 trust
1: me i there. know we've
0: done imran khan before because he put the name in there like six seven times for me to say over and over again <laughs> that's
1: not a good one that's not that fun That's not that i tough. was gonna say at least you're getting out of saying yeah, martina just, navratilova and right? right
4: yeah exactly All right, so also on july 4th at the 94th Women's Wimbledon, Martina Navratilova beats the 18-year-old up-and-coming superstar Steffi Graf, who has already been playing for five years professionally, believe it or not, uh, 7563. The following day, at the 101st Men's Wimbledon, Pat Cash beat Yvonne Lendl, 766275. Hmm. <laughs> All right, moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are the years I actually know a bit about tennis coverage, but like you say, it's all Steffi Graf and Navratilova. So,
4: um, all right, now this is this is the one that's going to take a little while um, because I didn't bother putting this in the show notes, but uh, Pakistan played England July fourth through the ninth in a in a test match, and I uh, did a search on that, and I went down the cricket rabbit hole on the internet. And I found this uh, website that describes every cricket match that's ever been played, apparently. And I clicked on one of them, and I went all the way through to one of the coverages of this. And I'm just going to read some of... I just took some excerpts, and I'm just going to blow your fucking faces off with some of the shit that's in here. Because <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about Quidditch or something. I mean, this might as well be another, another goddamn language. Just over half the match was lost to weather, only 14... 14 hours and 18 minutes play being possible. First of all, only 14 hours, 18 minutes play being possible.
1: I mean, we've heard enough to know that that's actually significant. It's short. Yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, England held a promising position by the end of the third day when Pakistan were 93 for three, needing 248 to avoid following on. But only 26 overs were possible on the fourth day and none on the last.
0: How many ladies? (laughs) Maidens. Maidens. Maidens, Maidens,
4: Maidens. French went in as a night watchman, and the following day, in which only 37 minutes were lost, went on to his first Test 50 in a stand of 113 with his Nottinghamshire colleague Robinson.
1: What does that mean, night watchman? I don't know. I was going to say, we're getting all sorts of new terms.
4: Right? And then this was my favorite. This is this paragraph. Gower top-edged a catch to the wicket-keeper, but Robinson, whose fourth test century occupied 366 minutes and 264 balls, went on for a total of 528 minutes and 365 balls and hit 16 fours until, hooking tiredly, he was caught behind. Botham hit five fours and a six before he was caught in the outfield, and play ended 37 minutes early because of rain with England 402 for seven.
0: 528 minutes is 8.8 hours. I just looked that up. Now I know about... The man cricket. was at
4: bat for eight hours. And yeah, he I hit did. a bunch
2: of fours, apparently. Yeah,
4: 16 fours. Are those
2: and then, like, he hook, then he are hooked those entirely. Like, <laughs> are those like home runs? Uh, maybe. Like four baggers. Welcome to 40 going on 14. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, why not <laughs> just he say 64? I
4: be, apparently a four is a thing on its own, and he had 16 uh-huh. of them.
1: Is this
0: like a triple-double?
4: No, I think it's more like a home run. If I had to guess, I would. I would think he was more correct with that.
1: Oh, uh, that sounds right.
2: Isn't that where he gets to run back and forth between the wickets? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you—oh, know yeah. maybe it's four
1: times.
4: Right, oh. I think that's what it means. He got four—you know, back and forth four times, sixteen times.
2: But it took him eight hours to do it.
4: <laughs> well, it would take me eight hours. I know that.
2: <laughs> you know what else? We I, mean, I, we I get discovered? annoyed with American baseball games going over three hours. I don't know how you could do fourteen.
4: Right, like I mean, what do people doing? Are they, are they like just coming in and watching a couple throws or something, and going back to work? I mean, you can't Apparently. sit there for four days and watch. I mean,
2: some people can, I guess, but have a couple pints. All right, I was going to say you later. could.
4: Yeah, I definitely could. I mean, I
2: could. <laughs>
0: oh, find yourself a nice Pakistani lady who explain the game to you, and you're all set. <laughs> My new hobby: watching cricket.
4: No, because the first thing you know, I'm going to be betting on it, and then it's just not going to be good.
0: That would be amazing if you were like like the savant for betting on cricket. Like you have no (laughs) damn idea what's going on there, but you somehow pick the winners for the next year.
4: Suddenly, I've got ten million pounds in my account. See what I did? Instead
1: of on your ass. (laughs) That's
4: right. Suddenly.
2: right, suddenly you're Peter Sellers from being there. Everybody exactly. wants to just, just relate everything to growing gardens when you're talking about uh, cricket, and I think you'll be fine.
4: I have always been called a Christ figure, so. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> Whatever, snake fingers.
4: <laughs> Where are my Vestal
2: Virgins?
0: <laughs> All right, so stepping into the main show. Oh,
2: uh, then. <laughs> I want to talk more about cricket. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. If we talk enough about it, eventually Nikki calls us and is all right, all right, you fuckers. <laughs> this is how it goes. She sent us videos that are like, this is how the game is played. This is what everything means. I've watched it twice. I have no idea what's going on. I yeah,
2: have a cricket bat. Reading, reading
4: that paragraph, I felt like I was, you know, it was in code, and I was, I, I was like, I need to be
2: breaking some code here. Yeah, I think they use like a, uh, a fraternity hazing paddle. And something similar to a bouncy baseball. And the guy wears, like, a cage around his face, right? That oh, sounds I,
4: If, if Kilo Wilba heard that phrasing, he would probably have a heart attack.
0: <laughs> yep. All right, so, Adventures in Babysitting, 1987 mode. Yay. Yeah, so um, all of us, we watch this, and we watch the new 2016 Disney Channel original movie. For the now, but we'll get to that later. Right now, we're talking about sweet, sweet Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a babysitter.
2: Elizabeth Shue had a sweet spot in a couple years here, and I think this was uh, this was it, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm. It started with uh, Karate Kid, where she played uh, Ralph Macchio's love interest.
2: Oh, yes, that's right.
4: <laughs> with the knee-high socks and the... And the uh, uh, and
0: don't forget her, her role as Jennifer in Back to the Future. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
4: So, Back to the Future 2, wasn't it?
1: No. Both. Yeah, no, that's... Two and three. Believe, yeah. Oh, no, she was the replacement actress. Yeah, she was If I recall. Yeah. They recast the role, and she was in both two and three. Yeah, and I
0: can't... And also, Elizabeth Shue in... Sweet, sweet Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Uh, there goes Pat. All right, so... <laughs> I
4: don't... I, I know you guys both know this, but uh, Blake doesn't know that she is my... Literally my number one celebrity crush,
2: like... I've been crushing on her since
4: since Karate Kid. And
2: ah, so if uh, if your spouse would allow you a top five list, she'd be in your top five list. First, he'd have if to. If Elizabeth Shue would allow
4: me to talk to her, I would probably uh, chew my. <laughs> if she don't
2: handle. remove that stance, st- stay, stay away and desist. You know, order.
4: Exactly. <laughs> stay
2: <laughs> stay <laughs> away you know, it's away and, tough and you desist. To order when you can't get five hundred feet.
4: <laughs> Cease and desist.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, restraining orders are just another way of saying I love you. He'd be <laughs>
0: that's right. He'd be just like background Phil <laughs> I love you, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> so a babysitter must leave her safe suburban surroundings of Oak Park, Illinois, and head for the heart of the big city of Chicago to be rescue to rescue a stranded friend, unaware of the perilous adventures that await her and the kids she's looking after who have tagged along. Uh, this is directed by a one Chris Columbus. This is his directing debut, uh, who now is known for such movies as, you may have heard of these Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and Pixels. One of those sucks.
2: <laughs> Take that <laughs> back. Yeah. Harry Potter's great.
0: <laughs> uh, this just,
2: I loved his work in Pixels. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: This also was written by uh, David Simpkins, uh, who is known for a lot of TV, including some Briscoe County Junior, Lois and Clark, nice. and Charmed. Nice. So, <clears throat> uh, Elizabeth Shue plays Chris, the babysitter, like we said before, known for uh, Back to the Future, Karate Kid, and Leaving Las Vegas, along with a ton of, of of other stuff. I think she even has some gigs going on right now.
2: Yep, she's still acting. Yep, two thousand seven. CSI for a while. Yeah, she, she still, it. and you know, she looks the same still. Yep, oh, amazingly.
0: There he goes again.
2: She <laughs> aged. She aged pretty well. I say, yes. nature's been kind to her. She's oh. got good genes.
0: Yeah, and uh, Sarah, the little uh, lover of Thor, Maya Brutin.
1: Yeah, uh, she was also in Back to the Future. She was one of the little
0: kids. Oh yeah, there she is. And she also was in played Shelley Lewis, Parker Lewis's sister in Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, yeah. I remember that show. I,
2: you know, I, you know, I just remembered. How could we forget, uh, Elizabeth Shoes rolling cocktail? Oh, uh, good
0: point. Oh, yeah. A good call. <clears throat> um, so also, also, was Keith Coogan played Brad, who went on to do, well, actually, before this, he did the voice of young Todd in The Fox and the Hound, and then also was doing, uh, was in Toy Soldiers
1: and Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead. I have a confession to make Oh, partially because of the fact that he's in both of them, even though he's a minor part and don't tell Mom the babysitters dead until we got to rewatching the films for this show. I kind of mixed up adventures in babysitting and don't tell mom, the babysitters dead. Like I thought the like dishes are done, man was adventures and babysitting. And then I I set myself straight after watching uh, adventures and babysitting for uh, just a little bit. But yeah. Hmm. I was unclear on the concept of which was which uh, until we rewatched them for this episode. All right. Hmm. I can see that. That's all right. Uh, Anthony Rapp, known for uh,
0: Days and Confused, Road Trip, and uh, Rent. Oh, and also a Beautiful Mind. Kelvin, uh, he played Daryl. Uh, Kelvin Levels is Joe Gipp. Joe Gipp? Who the fuck was Joe the Gipp?
2: Friend, the, the friendly uh, car thief. Oh, Holy yeah, he he was God. the uh, the frat boy that gives him a ride, right? No,
1: he's, he was
4: the, he's, he was the black. No, man. no
2: that's Dan,
4: the, the young oh, black right. man that uh, that stole the
2: car, the, the car man. thief. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: Looking at the picture of Anthony Rapp, just it blows my mind yes. that the nerdy guy from Rent was the pervert in Adventures in Babysitting. My, my brain is actually melting right now. Huh. Well, this will this will blow your mind too, because uh, Calvin Levels, who was
0: the the uh, car thief with the heart of gold it was also in Johnny Suede, and in Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, where he played the head of
1: Jamal. <laughs> so. Yeah, I never saw Johnny Swade, but I did see Eight Heads. Yeah, that he,
4: movie stunk
1: up bad. That movie. Why don't you like good things?
4: That, you like that movie?
1: I like that oh, movie. Oh, it was hilarious.
2: Oh, the lead was so awful in that movie. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, I th- it, is, it, Was it just me in watching this movie how uncanny that ain't young Anthony Rapp actually looked like uh, Harry Potter's buddy?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You look oh, like yeah,
2: a little friend. bit, yeah. yeah. I can see that. I did notice that. You know. Yeah, I, I it, almost to the point where I wanted to go see Rupert Grint. I think that's the guy's name. Yeah, yeah sure. He looks so much like Rupert, I actually had to go and check and see if those two guys were related. Are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know... What a you know, great build-up. Yeah, so, but, you know, Harry, the director, you know, who did the Harry Potters, you know, I, I wonder, you know, he if he picked Rupert Grint in the fact that he looked like a young... Oh, like sub,
4: on that. a subconscious level, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You kind of look like a kid, I knew. Get in there.
4: Yeah. Exactly. You're hired.
0: And then uh, a one very did, young... R- did
4: Rupert Grint come in with a Playboy just to, like, you know, kind of subconsciously get in his head? <laughs>
0: a uh, one Vincent D'Onofrio as Dawson the D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio the uh, Thor looking dude who was also in uh who was Private Pile in full metal yeah,
2: jacket, metal jacket. Yeah. now this is the question that i had in regards to this because Vincent okay. D'Onofrio makes his uh, basically just kind of like a, a a cameo appearance coming down you know the uh, elevator escalator whatever it was wearing you know looking like Thor and, um, the, the young girl, Sarah basically says, Hey, you're Thor. He is thin and he is muscular and he's fit and he's a good looking blonde, wicked guy. <laughs> and this was released in the same year, a full metal jacket where he was shaved head, overweight, pudgy, private pile.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: So the question is, did he put the weight on? Before he made Full Metal Jacket, did he take the weight off after Full Metal Jacket? And which you know, which movie was released first? And because that's well, interesting, I, I, I would uh,
4: I would bet he filmed this first because once he put that weight on, he really didn't take it off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It has stayed with him through the years. Yeah, yeah he
3: still had I mean, some of it for uh, see, Jurassic World see, too.
2: <laughs> seeing him in the breakup
4: was was just shocking. I was <laughs> like, like, oh my god, Vincent D'Onofrio is having uh, some kind of allergic reaction on set.
1: Oh, crap, he's still wearing the skin suit from Men in Black. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, but yeah, I do love Vincent D'Onofrio. He is a, an amazing actor.
2: Absolutely. He, he is, actually. Uh, and
4: when, I, when, he came, when he came down and he, like, he's sitting there and he, and, he, and he bends over and he's talking to the little girl, I was, I was like, man, this guy looks like Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> and then the credits roll. I was like, well, no wonder.
0: <laughs> you know who else you didn't know about? A one yeah, Penelope,
2: that was the one that really got me.
0: Penelope yeah. Ann Miller.
2: Yeah, I did not oh, pick her out at all. That surprised the hell out of me too, because when I looked at the the credits in here, and I was like, "That was Penelope Ann Miller." Yeah, holy! Yeah, I, know, I noticed holy. it on the
4: original credits when they started rolling. I was like, "What?" I had
2: to go back and look at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know she, you know she had her own little. Uh, you know period in film where she was very uh the almost kind of a Hollywood hit it girl you know yeah well mm-hmm. carlito's way man she was gorgeous in that yeah she, she yeah the, you know people that blossom there you go mhm
4: they did the the not another teen movie treatment just gave her some glasses and put her hair in pigtails
3: mhm mm-hmm.
0: nice all right so oh
2: that was her wasn't it oh my gosh <laughs> there's another one yeah Ooh.
0: and then a one george newburn as College Boy Dan, who was also in uh, Father of the Bride.
1: Yep. And, he's got yeah. gorgeous eyes, I I do have to say. <laughs> and does, Otherwise, he's done a lot of voice work, right?
0: Yeah, he does. he's pretty much for Justice League in the DC world. He does the voice of Superman and Clark Kent for a lot of stuff.
1: Oh, it looks like he's a series regular on Scandal, something I've always wanted to get into but I haven't started watching.
0: Yeah. He was also in Santa Paws 2, The Santa Pups.
1: And he's just one of those
2: naturally... Really good looking guys that you're just jealous of.
0: I'm not jealous of him.
2: Oh. I'm just <laughs> kinda I taken, am
0: he's a good looking guy. Taken back by his by his eyes.
1: Yep. There you go. Staring. now we lost Mike. Look into them. Hey Mike, get your shit together. <laughs> Thanks,
2: <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Back.
1: <laughs> Thanks, background, Phil. Alright,
0: I'm back. Um yeah, so do some trivia on this one. So Bradley Whitford was the Dick boyfriend, and he was allowed to use his very own Camaro for the movie, and it actually did have the license plate. So cool! That was his which, actual license plate on his Camaro.
4: Which I don't know if that makes it funnier or douchier that it's his actual car. <laughs>
0: well, I think douchier because this poor guy, he's like the douche in everything.
2: Yeah, he was a very good typecast douche. Yeah. Uh, what That's else? Was true. He in? Cabin uh, in West the woods. Wing.
0: Billy Madison. Yeah, he the was West, the... Yeah. The West
2: Wing was
4: his
0: big one. Yeah, Josh... Okay, but this is, I think, Josh, remember the main director guy from Cabin in the Woods? Oh, yeah, yeah, That was him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I had another reason to watch Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I, you know what? I realized, just realized I don't need one. I can go watch it right now. Oh, not right now. Okay. But not at no, this maybe moment. Maybe All right. No. So, so,
4: don't, don't you remember that we saw that in the theater together?
0: Yeah, I remember that. That was really good. So, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus auditioned for the lead role, but withdrew in favor of Jodie Foster. But Foster also withdrew, leaving Michelle Pfeiffer, Valerie Bertinelli, and Elizabeth Shue, and Justine Bateman as the only choices. Bateman withdrew from the project due to creative conflicts with the producers of Family Ties. Pfeiffer left the project and went to do Witches of Eastwick. Bertinelli lost out to Shue on the final day of auditions. Huh. Yep. So, one by one, they dropped until nothing but the Shue was left. (laughs) The case with yeah. <laughs> one case with a, the the drop.
2: Where's your drum roll? <laughs> it's, there you go.
0: All right. So also, Sarah wears a backpack with a picture of Gizmo on it, with reference to Gremlins, which was written by Chris Columbus. Nice. That's what happens when you have a good director and a you know good writer. You get a good movie. So roundtable, what do you guys think?
2: I enjoyed this movie an awful lot. Um, I was very excited when you guys had me. Um, Come on and do Scab Joel, just so that I can watch Adventures in Babysitting again. It opens up, you know, with a classic, you know, classic nineteen was it nineteen fifties nineteen sixties song. It's very good, and um, the basically I found this movie to be very warm, accepting, and the writing and the acting was a heck of a lot better, and you know, than the later version that comes out. we will talk about. And what was really good about this is that I remember watching this back in the day when I was 14 before going on 40 and watching it again for the first time in several years, just realized just how much I really did enjoy this movie. I think it, I think it's, it's more, I think it can stand the test of time an awful lot. I think the, the soundtrack is a lot better. I think it's a lot classier. I think the quality of acting was definitely there. And, um, I think if kids would watch it today, they would you know know the struggles of what life would be like if you got stranded on the side of a road with no cell phones.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is another one of those movies that would have never happened if they had cell phones.
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> so. you know,
4: or if they had ever seen a minority before.
1: Yeah, yeah. that was the thing that struck me as someone who's uh, lived in or uh, near Chicago for most of my life is it was like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to dog the movie because it was funny, but it was definitely like what someone who has never left the suburbs think Chicago's like. Yes. So people and, who and, went to Concordia.
2: Yeah. I, I completely agree because, you know, I, you know, living here in Ohio, you know, we don't have the sprawling metropolis that Chicago is. And just for us going into like, uh, I grew up outside of Akron and just for me to go into Cleveland, just that itself as a teenager, that was something very daring to do. So I can only imagine what it would have been in 1987 to be from, uh, well, I've been to Oak Park and been <laughs> into Chicago, but being a, a teenager and having to go into the big city, Chicago.
1: Now, I will say that they got, uh, though the geography was a little wiggy, they did get a few things right. Uh, I especially loved the sight of the old magicist sign, which uh, oh yeah, that thing's been gone for Probably thirty years now. Twenty what? The Magicus been... sign is gone, dude. It's been gone, been, gone been gone for like forever. twenty years, dude. It
4: was there when I was there.
1: Okay, so maybe only twenty years.
4: Yeah, less than but that.
1: I can remember as a kid driving in on two ninety and getting off at the exit right where the Magicus sign was, and I can remember as far back when it was actually lit up, which we actually got to see in this movie. So that was what? something I hadn't thought about in years. Whoa! I
4: had a, I had a buddy whose <laughs> mother worked in that factory.
1: Nice.
0: In Chica- wait, Chicago area, the Magicist Lips in the on, right off the Edens, uh, lit up. And where was? When did it get torn down? Oh, it was the Edens. I thought yeah. it was the Eisenhower. No, it was the Edens, and it was torn down in two thousand and four. Okay, so it's only been ago. gone for twelve years. Well, no, wait. Okay, I take that back. There was no. There was one on. The Edens was the last one to stay up. So I think the one worth it because there was one on the Eisenhower right near the Milwaukee exit.
1: Okay. That's what I thought because I grew up uh, right outside the south side, like right near 22nd and Cicero. So uh, not too far from Midway Airport. and I've, It seemed like a lot of family trips going to to or from downtown I, I could distinctly remember those magicus lips how they lit up from the center and kind of filled out the sign mm-hmm.
2: oh my goodness you know i just had to google this the magicus sign, chicago since i'm you know not a chicagoite and uh yeah i remember what you're talking about yeah i could see it now
1: and they did uh like if you were going from oak park to the south side uh, pretty much Every location they mentioned would have been south side Chicago. You've got like the university district, you've got University of Chicago. Um trying to think of other places that they specifically mentioned, but you would be taking 290 if you were going from uh Oak Park to that side of the city. So they they got that right.
0: Yeah, and there was some jumping around. Like when they uh when they get and fall into the blues bar, that is um as usual, just lost it used to hang out there it was on Roosevelt Road in uh Berwyn. What are you guys? No. Uh Dennis used to work there. Uh, Fitzgerald's? It's Fitzgerald's.
1: Is it? Okay. Yeah. It is looks well, familiar. I, I I is that where it was actually filmed because it also kind of looks like uh uh the Blues Club on the north side the, uh Kingston Mines. Yeah, it's the inside was Fitzgerald's. Oh, okay. And if actually,
0: if you type in Fitzgerald's Berwyn, it it's like the sixth or seventh picture shows up of them shooting it there, which, honestly, this was one of my favorite scenes of the movie, with Albert Collins up on stage playing the blues. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, th- again, it was one of those moments where I, st- I, when it kicked in, I haven't seen the movie in a while, I was like, is this going to be cringy? <laughs> right is and you know what it wasn't it was so much fun and i think a lot of it plays the fact that elizabeth Shue is so friggin' charming you love her from the very beginning where she's in her room dancing around with just
2: that shirt on um
0: mm-hmm.
2: yes yes that's awesome you know pre pre cameron diaz oh yeah you know dancing around
0: that's right when she's in there dancing around and i mean you you
1: like her character cameron,
4: cameron diaz is dog shit compared to elizabeth Shue.
1: heard it here first folks that's a little extreme (laughs) how do you feel about that (laughs) yes
2: yeah but yes the that that scene does work out very well and that was uh one of the chicago local bluesmen wasn't it what was his name again uh his name's albert collins albert collins now he he is he was a local chicago blues guy right oh yeah yeah, He's, so, he's
4: well-known, but he, yeah, he, he's, he's based out of Chicago, like John Lee Hooker and Buddy Guy and a lot of blues legends. So.
2: Yeah, so I, I, uh, I recognize him enough that I was like, I know that's a blues guy, That that's a Chicago blues guy. And uh, you're right, I think that scene works very well, too, because it's blues music. Because I think no matter what age you are, eventually after you get past 12, you know, you appreciate some good blues music.
1: You know I I am a blues fan and I wasn't sure about the statement that he was Chicago. Now he ha- he did record in Chicago, but actually he was best known in Houston. Oh. Huh. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, started in uh, Houston, uh, recording at Gold Star Studios, uh, and then in Beaumont, Texas. Most oh. of his career was in, uh, in that area of Houston. I didn't realize that or in that area of Texas.
4: I I, mean, I just knew Albert Collins as a blues guy. I didn't really know where he was from, yeah. but, but his peak doing... as
2: a blues guy in movies was
3: sure. in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
4: but he he is a blues legend. He's one of he's he's you know probably one of the top twenty. Blues guys in the in the history of blues,
3: yep. yeah.
4: And me being from Ohio, I go, oh yeah, he's a Chicago blues guy.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean,
4: Chicago blues is, I mean, that's a pretty wide umbrella. So
3: yeah,
0: yeah, you can pretty much point at any blues guy and go, hey, Chicago blues guy. And at one point, like, yeah, I was there once. You know, <laughs> one, yeah,
4: one one time I went to a I was at a, a festival, a um, blues and um, jazz festival. Was it a Blues a, Review? <laughs> no, <laughs> but um. With with Sarah, actually you guys know Sarah, my ex, and she was getting an award. She was a musician and, and we were backstage. You got to meet a lot of um influential, really nice you know, big time names and all and met Muddy Waters and, and his widow. Or not Muddy Waters, but I met his widow. <laughs> It'd be kinda hard to meet him and his widow at the same time.
1: <laughs> I met him, I shot him, I shook hands did, with his wife. Did, did, then
2: I met his widow. <laughs>
4: But um, the reason I'm telling this story, because I, one of my favorite stories, um, uh, this guy says, he's sitting there, and he's a, he's an old jazz drummer, he's got to be like 65, 70 years old, and everybody that walks by, he's like calling them, you know, he's calling them Cat and Dude and Babe and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, who's that? Who's that? And finally, he just like, I don't know any of these people. And he's like, that's a jazz thing, you just call everybody Cat. And they're like, all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> In the tune of music, and this movie had a great soundtrack.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I there mean, were a couple of songs that were like filler, 80s, you know, studio crap. But yeah, for the most part, it's a really good soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, mean
1: compare it to 80s films that are known for their music, like uh, Footloose that we talked about. Like, even that's got a worse soundtrack than this. And music was its primary focus. Yeah. The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. oh, don't you talk bad about don't the last Boys. No, I was
4: going to say, last Boys oh. probably number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I was going to yeah. say, I'm
1: <laughs> getting ready to cut you. <laughs> you
0: got it.
4: Then I'll be Scab Pat.
0: <laughs> we almost had words there. Uh, but yeah, Future in Your Eyes, Robert Kraft, Expressway to Your Heart, uh, The Crystals, Then He Kissed Me at the opening scene. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. What Does It Take to Win Your Love? And then also Albert Collins did Albert's Smoke and Ice. We had some r- Rolling Stones in there with Gimme Shelter. Uh, Iggy Pop and Muddy Waters and Sam Cooke. I mean, that's... Yeah,
2: that's that's a classic soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, I learned that this film is partially responsible for uh, Gimme Shelter being uh, my wife's favorite Rolling Stone song. Oh. Uh, Of course, she'd have a connection to it, because a little girl is also named Sarah, into comic books. So, like, of course, this was a movie that kind of spoke to her. Yeah, and she was the same age as the girl in it, too, when she saw it, right? a uh, probably uh no she would have been younger. <laughs> she she would have been 3 <laughs> when this came out. No, no she would have been 5 when this came out.
4: Oh so she probably might have could have remembered if she saw it in the theater. Maybe. Well possibly.
2: You know when when you're doing the music too, uh the frat party bands. I guess that that is called Southside Johnny Lyon, right? That guy yes. uh, he not. Now he's yes, just we he, knew him.
4: We knew him well.
2: You knew him well. I when I first saw him, I thought that was Eddie Money.
4: That that actually is probably justified.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I was like, "Hey, that's Eddie Money. Why is he getting credit Southside Johnny?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. Now I had to go
4: it's, look it's, it up. It's like John Cafferty and Eddie. Yeah. Nobody,
2: nothing.
1: No, sorry. sorry. He just said Eddie. He had in the, to be Eddie polite. and the
2: Cruisers was John Cafferty. All right, moving oh, on. Eddie and the Cruisers. Yes, yes.
1: But yeah,
2: quintessential 80s music film. You could have easily have thought that maybe John Hughes was doing this.
1: Oh, yeah. wow. I just took a look at Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Uh, Steve Van Zant was a co-leader of that band. Ah, so there's a Van Zant sighting. Yeah, I mean, well known for both being on The Sopranos and being with Springsteen's E Street Band.
4: See, I called it. <laughs> an actual musician playing a fake musician. That's what I said. I'll take it as a win. There I, you win. Go. I win, podcast over, we're done
1: <laughs> Pat thinks this is a game We've been competing all this time
2: <laughs> I'm ahead telling. on the scoreboard, I'll tell you that
1: <laughs> You
2: didn't tell me I had to be that sharp for your podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, favorite scene from this for any guys? I already said mine, I like the, the Blues Blues Club was my favorite
4: The opening scene for me Her dancing I... in the bedroom
2: Yes, yeah, so you know you you know what I would love to get my hands on is uh, the sure. Playboy that they kept referencing throughout the movie that Elizabeth Shue's character supposedly looked like.
4: Right, that was a That'd fake a, Playboy. That was a fake Playboy, by the a way. Fake
2: Playboy, yeah, exactly. exactly yeah, I like to get my hands I'll, on that. That'd be a great collector's item, I think. That
4: would be an amazing prop. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I but I, I think uh I, I agree. I think probably the best scene in there is uh is um I thought it was them on stage doing the babysitter song. The babysitter blues. Yep. I enjoyed that. Uh-huh. And you know, she can dance I can watch her dancing around for several hours.
4: Yeah. I could watch her read a phone book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know you like her so much, you'll actually watch her <laughs> act with Tom Cruise in the same movie. Yes. Mm. I've seen
4: Cousin Bet. That's how much I like Elizabeth Shoe.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking my favorite might actually be when they make the escape across the rafters, uh, from the warehouse in the chop shop.
4: <laughs> and the rust falls into his coffee. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just a nice bit of comedy mixed with tension. The first time you really feel like they're in danger and not just scared of things. That uh, granted, uh, some shit goes down when the uh, tow truck guy pulls out a gun and goes after the guy who's sleeping with his wife. But that's the first time that they're in danger by choice.
4: Yeah, yeah, I remember. What, yeah, this is the first time I was watching the movie as a as an adult, and like the. Thing, The bullets are, like, bouncing off the cab of the truck they're in. I'm like, Jesus, this is dangerous.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, You you know, you're right. That is kind of good. And actually, you know, the plot where they get to eventually where it keeps leading them is somewhat believable. You don't have to suspend, you know, belief, you know, that much for it to say. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of funny. And then you know they they jump in the Cadillac and it's being stolen at the time. And then the gangsters. And then as the plot moves along, there's nothing that you actually watch and go, ah, oh, that's bullshit.
4: Well, I I will, you know, throw my wet blanket on the on the fire here. And as someone, and I don't, and this is not like you know, well, whatever. As someone who works in. Uh, Illegal underground industry. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you chop shop cars? Oh. No, but
4: I work in a oh. poker room. So oh. in, a, in, a, in a state where poker is not legal. So, um, as somebody who is in the quote unquote seedy underbelly, you know that is often misrepresented in the movies, like. If something like that happens, like if somebody like somehow gets past security and gets into the, the poker room, the establishment, that is not supposed to be there, nobody panics and threatens their life and throws them in the office until we figure <laughs> out what to do with them. You just say, uh, turn your ass around and walk out and pretend you never saw any of this and there will be no problem. And everybody's like, hey, all right, good day, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Like, whenever the pizza guy comes in, he just kind of, the first, you know, whenever you get the first delivery guy, he walks in to bring the pizza, he just kind of always looks around like, okay, all right, what am I seeing, you know, and, but by the third, fourth time, he's there dropping pizza off, he's used to it.
1: (laughs) I'd say that the thing that stood out to me as uh, a little much was the uh, Randolph Street bus station
4: yeah right. If they were that dangerous, there would be some security somewhere
2: <laughs>
1: but, but you know what that that is
2: exactly what a a young suburban person would think the bus station was like if you've never been there before you got the the crazy homeless guy yelling at you to get out of his house when you're in the phone booth. you <laughs> this, know the fat basically- <laughs> lady steals your glasses you know some crazy guys like showing you the gun i mean i mean if you're if you're as you know a suburban person you grew up your entire life in the suburb in the suburbs and you said you have to go in a downtown chicago's bus here those are the images that would be going through my mind at a, as a young 14 17 year old kid
4: this is basically the bus station from hairspray like if yeah. they'd have had a bus station in hairspray it would have been just
1: right yeah. uh, and that's <clears> the <throat> thing is it's it's a good point that it works as a parody of the way suburban people see urban areas, but I, I, I feel it's worth calling out just because there is this enduring perception that this is what Chicago's really like, and there's a little bit of a defensiveness about it from those of us who have lived in the city. It's like, come on, there's there's areas of the city that are nicer than anywhere in, for example, Oak Park, the, the suburbs <laughs> that they talk about. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah.
4: people get shot in Oak Park just as easily as they do downtown and vice versa. Now, there are safer areas in both, you know, I mean, it's just like any major city. There's always bad areas you can go to. There's more of them in Chicago, perhaps. But.
1: Sure, and it would, yeah, it would be completely disingenuous to say that you're never going to run into a sketchy homeless person if you're in Chicago, but I think people just don't have... Perception of it—how freaking big the city is, right. like how far you can travel and how many different areas you can travel through and still be in Chicago, right? Yeah,
0: and that's and that is one of the things that Suzanne told me to shut up about when I was watching the movie was where the buildings were.
4: <laughs> Just one of the things. Yeah, it's one <laughs> like of the things. One of the things she told. Yeah, me.
0: quit shutting up. Shut up about her dancing around. But I'm like, when they showed this, the big the building that they were on, um, I think it's a stone container building with a big triangle top. I thought that was... That's like a,
4: a diamond, not a triangle.
0: Yeah, diamond top. I think that's what building that is. I'm pretty sure what it's, that. It's
4: changed, it's changed names a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I was
0: going to... Yeah. yeah, I think it started out as a stone container building, but at one point where she's, where they're on the roof and the the little girl is sliding down the roof and holding on and that whole scene, they show that from above and behind it is the Drake Hotel. Now, Blake, to, to reasons I get wound up about this is because if they that actually was where that building was it would have moved a mile north from where it actually is and then when they're leaving the sears tower and like is north of the um uh the hancock center and it's like they just cut and paste all these buildings together to make it look like they're leaving the big city i don't know why that bugs me so much but it's like the it's like the the ferris bueller thing
1: Right. Well, it's the perception of the city, that all of the city is the Hancock building, the Sears Tower, the uh, Crane Communications building, uh, and then ghetto surrounding it. Yeah.
3: Yes.
4: (laughs) I remember the scene in Wayne's World where they're like, hey, we're in Aurora. And like 10 minutes later, they're like, hey, we're in Cicero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been to Chicago many times. I, I love the city. And and you're right. As a person that's not native to Chicago, you look at those buildings, and, and they're in there, and they're probably put where they're not supposed to be, but they're in there for the scenes for people like me.
1: Right? Sure. So you can recognize it oh. as Chicago. That's right. right. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Chicago.
2: Just,
4: just so subconsciously, you, you don't have to give them any thought. You're just like, yep, Chicago. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: So, all right. Do you think it's about time Uh, take uh, well point? I was going to say real oh, quick, the sorry. other
4: thing about – um. The whole, you know, oh, the evil guys coming after them. Like, you know, all you really have to – this this would kind of obviously break the movie. But, like, I mean at some point all they have to do is say, all we want is the Playboy back. <laughs> and, then everybody yeah. just stops and goes, oh, well, here you go. Oh. And then they just split ways.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was it. Well, no, they uh, – yeah, well, yeah. You, you would think that they were going to try and kill him though because they knew where the chop shop operates. Yeah,
4: exactly. Was... But, like, all, at any point if they had just shouted at them while they're chasing them, just give us the Playboy
2: – just throw it and leave it and run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but then you wouldn't have the rest of the plot.
4: Yeah, I mean it's just but it's,
2: yeah. get but rid of the I, magazine, I do, I do Rupert. A, another, I do have another question for you. Intelligent, you you know, you guys are obviously intelligent. And uh, compared to what? The old mobster huh? guy. Yeah, Who's exactly. Talking to <laughs> yeah, the old mobster guy. Yeah, wasn't that? This was in 1987. Wasn't he in a slew of movies? You know, ten years later, as just the. Like, if you needed, like, an old creepy guy, wasn't he that guy? And I, and I kept trying to I think find you're thinking movies. Steve Buscemi. No, no, not Steve Buscemi. <laughs> but, yeah, it was similar to, you know, if, Steve, if you needed an older creepy Steve Buscemi. like the, the new generation Peter Lorre. I just kept envisioning him. There's a movie where he's in a wheelchair, and, you know, his hair is obviously gray and all, but his voice is unmistakable.
1: I'm pretty sure that was John Davis Chandler, who has been in a bunch of different things. He was in The Outlaw, Josie Wales. He was in Phantasm Uh, 3. He did a ton of TV work. mm -hmm. Yeah, that was was him.
4: He was in Dragnet, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Simon and Simon.
1: Yeah, it looks like he died in 2010.
4: So he's
2: not in anything anymore.
1: Well, he is. It's just not something we watch.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. He was (laughs) in...
2: he had a lot of Simon and Simon appearances, apparently. Yeah. I just went to go look at him.
0: Yeah. He was definitely... He had a couple kicks in uh, Fantasy Island, too, so, you know.
2: Airwolf and TJ Hooker.
0: Oh, he was in fucking BJ and the Bear. In an episode No, <laughs> And as, the
2: Incredible Hulk.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In an this
2: episode guy was called, in all our childhood favorites. No wonder I know him from somewhere.
0: <laughs> he was in Police Woman and Police Story.
4: <laughs> but not Police Man. <laughs>
0: no. It was in s- something called Doc Hooker's Bunch. What? All right, I'm going down a rabbit hole here now with this one. Uh, Yeah, but no, he he I, is. And
2: he, he was in cricket. He played cricket.
0: Yeah, <laughs> where he batted three ladies in eight hours.
2: <laughs> three ladies.
0: That means maidens. something. We don't know what it maidens. means. <laughs> three maidens. Maidens, I'm sorry. Three maidens, three ladies. You can See how I can get that confused. Yes. So... But yeah, no, no, definitely he played the uh he was actually the last thing he did was in 1998 where he was in uh, Deep Space 9. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So. Ooh.
2: Is it creepy old guy was that his role?
1: <laughs> Flith. He was Flith. There you go. I I don't remember that particular episode. Honor Among Thieves. It
2: was Homeless Man and Walker Texas Ranger.
1: <laughs> homeless Man. All right, we're going uh-huh. down, we're going
0: down a rabbit hole here, okay? It's All right, oh, yeah. All so right. Take a break, come back, and uh, let's do some Babysitter 2016. Yeah. Yeah, if we must. will definitely be shorter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a little bit.
6: Hello. Is this on? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. As we rehearsed, Scarlet. Right. <laughs> Hello, this is Ruby. And Scarlett. The real stars of 365 Flicks podcast, inviting you to listen to our Yankee friends, the History of Bad Ideas podcast, or as we affectionately call them, Hobie. Yes, it was really funny. I loved the news, opinions, and silly game. And for smash hit the top five list where only a Hobie listener could admire. we going, sister. Why are we pronouncing Father says, listening to them, <laughs> roth our brains, and they speak bad American English. Good question. Don't tell Father, but Jeff said we could have all the leftover glitter from Neil's visit over at Dark Angels and Pretty Feet. Oh, lovely. And Blake said he would bribe us with IOUs. How much in pounds is that? I don't know, but he said it was worth more than Michael Leal's Canadian money. We'll be rich. And Jason said we would get to watch the world burn. How exciting. Let's continue. The History of Bad Ideas, the official podcast of the Cincinnati Comic Expo. Look for them on iTunes. Stitcher. Tangent Bound Network. Lipson? Geek Life Radio. Also look for them on Facebook and Twitter at BadIdeasPodcast.com. Remember the history of bad ideas. Almost as good as being Scottish. Cheeky review. Take away scare. Don't, Don't forget, forget to wear a coat. No children will harm during the recording of this History of Bad Ideas promo.
0: Alright, the fun part of the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're going to talk about Adventures in Babysitting 2016. Um,
4: Where to begin?
0: Where to begin. Okay, let's start.
4: I'm going to go against the grain. I loved it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So here we are. Now it's changed. They changed this one up. It's a Disney Channel original movie.
2: Ah, but as we were talking in the break, the original Adventures in Babysitting was also a Disney.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it's not as prevalent as it is in this new, newer version.
0: No, I think, I, think yeah. I came in at the last minute. You said it was, it was Touchstone, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, and it's so weird that the original has the constant reference to the Marvel character Thor. And at the time, Disney did not own Marvel Entertainment. And now that they do, they completely abandon any mention of Marvel characters. Because apparently kids don't like superheroes anymore. What
0: I nah. I don't know. I'm confused Man, about how any Thor. of this got greenlit. First off, the Thor, little girl Thor is
1: too
2: gay for a girl to like. But now, when it's a hunky Vincent D'Onofrio, <laughs>
4: yeah, that was the thing they couldn't. In a blonde wig. They, they they hired Vincent D'Onofrio to play Thor
1: again, and when he showed up, they're like, "Cut it, cut it." Uh, it never all. mind. <laughs> Maybe she likes roller derby or some shit. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now we have two babysitters. And they're rivals, even though they have <laughs> just met. Yes. Uh, while trying to well, one
4: babysitter and one pretend babysitter.
0: Yes. And An imposter.
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh... And, and, of, and of course they're 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 uh, polar opposites.
1: Oh, of course they are. Of course. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, they go from hating each other based on very sketchy reasons to liking each other for absolutely no reason at all. Right.
4: I mean, and they were so different. They even sat differently. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah. The one girl
4: slouched while the other one sat up straight. Mm-hmm. And the one girl had crazy messed up hair, and the other one's hair was perfect.
0: This is this yes. is Disney. Movie. We'll
2: see. I'm glad you do bring this up because I, I was going to save this, but I'll just dive right in. You know, <laughs> right now, <laughs> this is your typical slick Disney complete disney formula that they've been using for about the past 10 to 20 years i mean this movie is so formulated it is it it, it rings really hollow it only makes sense i guess if you're a 12 year old girl and i can speak from experience because i have two 20 year old stepdaughters <laughs> That's cause I, cause a 12 year old girl wait because that, not because i'm a 12 year old girl no, <laughs> that that went what? a totally because, different direction than i thought it was oh, okay, going good yes good i've had I've had to watch a lot of this Disney programming you know starting about ten years ago, and then when I am you know helping uh take out with my other nieces and it, and trust me it's all Nickelodeon it's all Disney and every show at one after another for about the ten fifth past ten fifteen years it is this basic formula Disney has got this formula down pandering this stuff to Disney and Nickelodeon kids where you're dealing with nothing but polar stereotypes you know the dialogue is so contrived and the acting is so overacting you know uh it's it's almost to the point of melodramatic and basically a lot of the the uh the the, the, the artistic way that they they do things the mechanics of movies of these movies and tv shows they move it all through you know contrived dialogue discussions and it drives me absolutely insane. It's almost like bad soap opera acting on steroids for 12 year old girls. That is exactly
0: I, what this is. Yeah. I too have the girls, and I initially, when I, when I put this in, I sat my 12 year old down next to me. I'm like, this is going to be your punishment for all the movies that you made <laughs> me watch up until this point. Yeah. And Evie, even she was like uh, cringing. At it. At one point, you know, at one point she covered her eyes. But um, you know, get some get some of the, the the groundwork out of the way. This is written by a one John Schultz, who's known for such classics as Like Mike, Aliens in the Attic, and The Honeymooners remake. Awesome.
1: Yikes! Uh, yeah, and, before we drift too far from what we were talking about, I did have one thing I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, We watched a bunch of Disney stuff over the years we've done this show, and frequently I am surprised by how good they are, and this movie is what I was afraid those movies were going to be. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to get too far away from that and like have to try and work my way back oh, to no. what we were okay, talking that, about so earlier. Yeah, we'll, we'll, then, we'll, then I'll
4: throw my two we'll, cents in. We'll, I, like, oh, I mean, obviously, as we've said many times before in other shows, it's like – we are not the core audience that they're making this for yes. this is yes. this is a cash cow for disney that is just it's this perfect little machine like blake said you know where they just every couple of years they just keep churning out these things they, they come up with new stars that they make a new thing for the next generation That's the you know, and all they got to do is i mean they don't even have to change anything but the people that are in it and do the same thing over and over again so yeah it's very formulaic because to these kids it's the first time they're ever seeing it and it's blowing their faces off they're like oh my god this is great and, you know i mean by the time you get to the to the next you know you're five, ten years down the road, you can realize it's crap. But when yeah. you're you are in it, you know you think it's you know high cinema. I remember when I was a young man, I'm thinking that Dirty Dancing was one of the best movies ever made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody puts baby in a corner.
4: <laughs> you know, I mean, so obviously, you know, I mean, they know what they're doing. They don't have to make high cinema.
0: Well, they do have to make a new one like every six to ten years because they're yeah. growing these kids in vats under Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's honest to God, I think, is what they can, where they, where
1: they're Somebody's getting Somebody's got to
0: go up
4: and scrape the new
0: stars off of the vets. Yeah, pretty much.
1: But, All right, uh, so I think we can get back to the structural part, talking about the cast. <laughs> yeah, and-
0: so directed by John Schultz, who did the, the Honeymooners remake, which was just was as she- awesome as you think it was. no,
4: no, no yeah, it was- that the one with uh,
2: Cedric the Entertainer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. So so basically, they, they they picked the right director for shitty remakes.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And this was written by Tiffany Paulson, who is known for. Ready for it? Nancy Drew. That's, uh, give it to me. No, and Nancy Drew. She's the only two things she's written has been the screenplay for the Nancy Drew remake, and Adventures in Babysitting. So that so
2: she can only go up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, you set the bar so low at the beginning of your career, everyone's going to be like, how awesome is this later on? Remember when they were doing this shit, so. But, um, yeah, starring your basic vet-grown Disney characters, uh, Sabrina Carpenter as, who did you say she looked like, Patrick?
2: Hayden Panettiere.
3: Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's the, that, I that, exactly, the whole time I was thinking Hayden Panettiere and uh, uh, Clary's, uh, what's, what's her name? Moretz. Yeah.
4: Oh, mm-hmm. Chloe. Chloe.
2: Pitca- Moretz. Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz? Yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, we
4: call
0: yeah, it, it Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so her, uh, Sophia Carson, who plays the loose cannon, uh, has also been in the show Descendants. Which, actually, this is a kind of good, co- I like the concept, but of course it's terribly done. But Descendant is like the kids from all the villains from the Disney movies. So you have like Maleficent's daughter and all this, but it's just as mm-hmm. awful as this. <clears throat> uh, Let's see, who where, where did that go? Nikki uh, Han. Nikki Han, Emily Cooper as the green-haired, edgy daughter who Kent, who's trying to learn who she is with her black stocking cap on. Punk, goth. Yeah,
2: and she's the punk goth one-dimensional character, right? And the uh, glitzy little girl who looks like she's eighty—the one-dimensional socialite girl. Yep, little blonde. Yeah. The, the the princess. Yeah,
0: princess the stereotype. Max Geroquetz was the get. I don't even know why I'm bothering saying their names correctly.
3: <laughs> Max...
0: Geckoets. Ge- yeah, Max Gecko was. Uh, that would be a great name for a spy. I'd watch Max Gecko. <laughs> Trey Anderson.
4: <laughs> or or it's a way to get the most gecko you can. It's like a spell. Max gecko.
0: And... Max uh, gecko. You have to save versus gecko now. <laughs> <laughs> it's...
2: But I've got my gecko maxed.
0: <laughs> uh, Jet Jurgensmeyer as the kid who's going to be gay.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the yeah, chef. They,
4: they the could chef not kid. have, like made that kid any more effeminate if they tried
1: well that kid has been in some movies like he's probably the most accomplished actor maybe in the whole thing uh,
3: yeah, like you the,
1: look yeah he's played he was spanky in, in little rascals yep and he was in american sniper
0: <laughs> i bet he was spanky no no, no. he wasn't he wasn't spanky what? in the little rascals he was in the little rascals
1: save the day which came out two years earlier than this Yeah, he was he was uh like the son's friend in American Sniper. He's in Devil's Knot. Uh, yeah, this this kid has been in a bunch of stuff. A lot of TV work.
2: Yeah, he's He's, one of those Olympic child star. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those Disney spawns that he'll probably uh, fizzle (laughs) out here in his early twenties. You'll read about him. One of the scrapings.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Madison Horcher as the roller derby girl. Your stereotypical young, yes, yeah, roller derby like roller derby girl. Mm. I, I, my girls have friends. They, you know, they have friends. I have yet to meet any one single girl that likes roller derby.
1: Angela, think,
4: you, you, you met Angela.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, and uh, well, we've I'm, got at least one regular listener who is into it. No, uh, see, I'm, talk, I'm talking it. about girls, like little girls, like a little gotcha. girl that would ride right around, like them. children,
2: children. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, well, you know, she had to have her hook, you know, right. and, and that was her hook. You know, all the, all the children other than uh, Sophia Carson and Sabrina Carpenter, all the children were very one-dimensional.
4: And really, honestly, they probably almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, reverse-engineered her character, Quirk, because they needed an excuse for her to be able to get away from those guys when she was running downtown. And she wouldn't be able to, like, outrun them, so they're like, well, put skates on her. Well, why would she be wearing skates? Uh, she's into rollerblading. Uh, exactly. We need more than that. Uh,
2: she likes roller derby. All right, good. Character stuff. That's, that's great. <laughs> Excellent. Sign him up. You're hired. <laughs> I want that man writing my movies. <laughs> that's probably exactly how the conversation went down in the writer's room. I'm sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, more than likely. Uh, let's see. Kevin Quinn as Zach, the romantic interest. Ooh. Or yeah. Zeke. 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 <laughs>
4: That's what, that's what Zoe called or uh, Lola called him on the phone.
0: Okay. Uh then we get to some actual actresses. Uh Gillian Vigman who was in uh 40-year-old virgin, Hangover and Stepbrothers. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep.
4: I have seen all three of those. I didn't recognize her. Are you sure?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's what it says. All right. Well, the internet doesn't lie. So but her her and the next lady look familiar. They the, the the moms in the show. You know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Gabrielle Miller, who kind of looked like uh, what's her name who played Wonder Woman? Linda Carter? Yeah, she
1: had like a Linda yeah, Carter Yeah, she looks
4: vibe. like a pudgy Linda Carter, doesn't she? Well, that's a, that's kind of redundant. No. Uh,
1: no, Linda Carter still looks good.
4: Yeah, I know. I was just being misogynistic. You better,
0: you better be careful. She'll come out there and kick your ass and charge you for
4: I it. hope. Oh, man, I hope she listens and comes and kicks my ass.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> how the great have dropped so low. Um, so. <laughs>
2: So you don't an... want another season to assist order, do you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I collect them.
0: <laughs> so originally, Raven Simone from That's So Raven and Miley Cyrus, believe it or not, were originally cast for this. Before that, the title was called Further Adventures in Babysitting. It was supposed to hit the big screen, but someone said we probably shouldn't do that. Let's just make it directed TV, and was supposed to go out in 2010.
4: But well, at least we would have got a. An Elizabeth Shue cameo if they did that, I'm sure.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Uh it's a second Disney Channel original movie to feature Sophia <laughs> Carson.
4: I wonder if they offered her a cameo and she was like, no, I'm good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. Uh let
4: me see the script. No thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is was celebrated on the Disney Channel as the hundredth Disney Channel original movie. Uh which yeah, has
2: you would think they would pick something better.
0: You're right, I know. <laughs> which had some classics as Rip Girls motocrossed the poof point and the princess protection program
4: also known, as they, also known as they did pick the best one
0: yeah <laughs>
4: <laughs> they did pick the best one of
2: that bunch
0: but this is the evolution of remember the wonderful world of disney
2: oh yeah
0: remember sunday night what
2: it's turned into this is
0: what it's turned into so i looked this up is the
2: oh. low that it's become
0: right so yes. I look this up and I'm like this I know Disney used to make better <laughs> movies than this.
2: <laughs> look at what
4: you have wrought
0: Disney. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing. I'm going back to it and the what the very first Disney uh, Wonderful World of Disney was Davy Crockett. January 26, 1955, then Johnny Tremaine, and then something called Texas John Slaughter. <laughs> And then something called Moochie of the <laughs> think, Little I League. I think that's
4: the sergeant's dad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it started right into the bullshit. 1959, Moochie of the Little League. And then two years later, uh, no, one year later, there was Moochie of Pop Warner Football. Huh.
2: It's like they, it's like they grasp onto that, uh, you know, like uh, Witch Mountain concept, you know. Witch oh, Mountain. Yeah. Return to Witch Mountain. The kids from Witch Mountain
0: yeah and that's and that's the thing is like but the in it's it's like there's some good stuff in here, like the Prince and the Pauper is in nineteen sixty two hans Brinker um yeah they did where's the other one
1: I uh, remember uh, back to elementary school Davy Crockett and uh the animated Sleepy Hollow were the two big like film strips that my elementary school owned, so every couple of years they'd trot us out to the gymnasium and set up the projector, and I'd watch it on 18 millimeter.
0: Right. Yeah. And this is, and, and I always remember there's this, it was more like a documentary one where there was, it's an outdoor, th- uh, like um, nature type thing going on. And somebody kept saying over and over again through the whole thing, there's that bear again.
1: Holy crap. We had that one too. You know I'd know, forgotten <laughs> about that until you mentioned it. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> There's that bear again,
0: and but I mean they pick up on this. Okay, so you'd think that there were these great movies because you think there's that bear. We think of Johnny Tremaine. We think of something. It's 1963, The Horse Without a Head. What the hell? Um, (laughs) Pollyanna. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Then they have like The Adventures of Gallagher, 1964, 1965, The Further Adventures of Gallagher, 1966, Gallagher Goes West,
4: The Watermelon Comic.
0: I don't think so, but I'm I
4: really clear.
1: want that to be true.
2: Right? Didn't <laughs> <Wouldn't> it <laughs> be awesome? Well, Gallagher had, goes west. How, didn't how they about they the, <laughs> go ahead, did, sorry. Oh, sorry, no, I was going to say, didn't they have the mule that kicked field goals at some point in time? Yep, yep, yep. What the hell was that thing's name? <laughs> I have no idea what that was either.
0: Well, they what also had 1968 Pablo and the Dancing Chihuahua, <laughs> which sounds like something. I mean, there's these... So, with,
4: so, not everything Disney has done has been golden.
0: No, no, not That's at the all. short
4: version, I think. Yeah, but I, it's just
0: fun saying some of these, you know, some of these titles are just awesome.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, that mule that kicked field goals was Gus. Gus! Gus! Yeah, from 1976, starring Don Knotts. Yep. Of course.
2: <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah, but it goes up all the way and in, up into the 80s, like 1982, Tales of the Apple Dumpling Gang. You know? Also, Don Knotts. Yeah. Uh keeps and it keeps rolling until eighty six is when things started getting a little sketchy. Because they had what do they had? Mr. Boogity? You guys remember that one? 19- <laughs> no. But then they so they also had the parent trap too. Are
4: you trying to tell me you forgot about Mr. Boogity?
0: <laughs> Mr. Boogity's visiting you tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, Boogity boogity. And, oh wait, no, that's the streak. Yeah. <laughs> But they started doing more, like, Dude, return... Don't, don't
4: say Boogity one more time, or you'll summon
0: Ray Stevens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't look, Ethel!
0: <laughs> uh, Bride of Boogity. Oh, no, no of- <laughs> here he comes! <laughs> <on>. <laughs> and this is
1: what I was leading up to.
0: 1988, March 6th, 14, going on 30.
2: <laughs> oh. 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 Yeah, starring... Starring...
0: Uh, Interesting. Starring. I two. see. Written by Jim Crookshank.
4: With them for coming up with that name before we did.
0: Yeah, big jerks. But um, but no, I mean it's it's just there's a lot of these movies that it <clears throat> keeps leading up to, you know that you do get these guys these uh what's the word made it made by conv- made by committee. You know. Yes. That's that's probably pretty much how it gets how how it comes from. So you've got these. Ma- terrible movies but it's the same formula
3: same I mean, they, they formula they have to keep
4: everything so middle and vanilla so cuz you don't want to you don't want to isolate or offend anyone and so everything just ends up so
2: whitewashed like well literally almost <laughs> yeah yeah and and uh, the other thing is is that uh, they're also typical disney they're 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 pushing their disney stars right mm-hmm. kind of like just what they've always been doing in wonderful <laughs> world of disney They've been pushing their Disney stars, and one of the things I wanted to do is compare soundtracks, because when I got done with Adventures in Babysitting, I said, that's a classic soundtrack, and we've talked about that already. And then the new one, I said, what songs are on here? And you know what? They're Disney songs. Oh you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're pushing their own Disney. It's, it's Sabrina Carpenter and Sophia Carson singing The Wild Side. That's them.
1: Hmm. That doesn't surprise me. How, how many
3: yeah. of us wanted
0: to punch... The TV when the rap battle.
3: Oh Oh, my
1: God! When they started rapping, I started yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I may have cursed all of your names.
4: You you realized you were not in the rap battle, right?
1: No, it wasn't. Whoa! (laughs) It's like kill
3: me.
4: (laughs) Uh. As soon as as they busted on the stage, you know, and, and everything stopped, and they just looked at him, I was like, no. No.
2: No. This is is the moment in the
0: movie where Sophie sunk into the couch and covered her face.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, see, this is... now The fun thing to do is when they're doing the remakes like this, I want to see the homages to the original movies. And, of course, this was the very obvious one. But instead of using something nice and classy like the blues, like what they did, they, they get out there and they have to start rapping. I was like, of course. Well, you know it's, it's going to be this, the age we live in.
4: Right. Yeah, yeah. hip hop is so popular right now that they, of course they're going to do that.
1: And that's the yes. thing is, I have nothing against rap, but they yeah, not at all. They did a rap that was written by like a forty year old guy with the delivery of fifty year old guys.
4: Well, I mean that's what I say. I don't have anything against rap. That wasn't rap.
1: I <laughs> that was
0: pretty bad. I would have rather have seen Tiny do it. I wish they had stuck around a little bit longer <laughs> and. <laughs> Tiny and Scalper, I probably would have enjoyed that one better.
2: I guarantee you they would have been better. Tiny and Scalper, and they were even wearing like an old Run DMC,
1: you know, one-at-onesies outfits. (laughs) Yeah, they
4: were. It is a damn good thing they were not at the Apollo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what was up with Tiny and Scalper, by the way? It's like, okay, let's take the villains from Home Alone and make them shittier.
4: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, yes. they, the What What do they call them? The Wet Bandits? The Wet, bandits? Yeah. The wet yes. Bandit Gang or whatever? Yes. Yeah, they're like, the Wet Bandit Gang is a great concept, but they were a little bit too flushed out. Can we like make them a little <laughs> more one-dimensional, please?
0: Yeah, and the fucking <laughs> Purple Ferret.
4: <laughs> right? What yes. the hell was that? And again, just the whole thing's like, hey, guys, all you gotta do is delete those pictures and we're gonna stop chasing you. Oh, okay. Delete. <laughs> nope, nope. We gotta have a movie. <laughs>
2: Yep. Yeah, it, it, exactly, and and you know the they're those the bad guys are they they fall into the the Disney kids movie TV show one dimensional where you know the adults are you know crazy lunatic you know incompetence it, you know, the same, beyond it's
3: the, yeah
4: it's the same depth of character that you get yeah. in those literal thirty pages
2: Walt Disney books of the evil guys
0: well it's yeah. the <laughs> it's the trope of adults are so stupid.
2: Yeah, exactly. And if you're a 12-year-old kid, I guess, you know, that works for you.
0: And what mother is going to say, you, my kid left me a message that says we're in the police station. I'm yeah. scared. She's
4: obviously pranking us.
0: Yes, there's no <laughs> way that that's actually happening. We're pranking. I'm going back. I'm going to go drink some more. Okay, you know yeah. what?
4: You well, need Actually, I do know some mothers that would probably do that.
2: Yeah. You know, but uh, to just... To, 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 to steal another second, you know when we are talking about the bad guys, they were so bad, I had to look them up. I'm like, and, and when you go to imdb.com, you're like Ken Lawson or the wiki page or whatever Ken Lawson is high, underlined and underscored. I'm like, "Oh, this must be a guy who's in a number of other things. No, but he's in some <laughs> stuff, but his major credit is uh, a motion actor in FIFA 2014 video game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was that was that blade? was that the guy with the stupid sword? Yeah, that was
2: yeah. So, so that
4: that's where he learned his acting skills by posing for FIFA.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, and the other uh, apparently one... he can play soccer very well or do yeah. soccer moves.
0: Yeah, the other one, his big claim to fame. What was it? It was <laughs> that... he's to
4: he's to acting what Pele is to acting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, uh, Michael Northey, who played Tiny. Ready for his top three? Known for Catwoman. Oh. Oh, Alone movie. in the Dark. Oh! Elvin and the Chipmunks 2, Chipwrecked.
4: Oh! oh.
0: And, this, oh. This,
4: guy's, this guy's got the worst life in Hollywood.
0: He's also in Kindergarten Cop 2. Oh! <laughs> that poor bastard.
4: What, I wonder what his parents tell people their son does.
0: He's a whore. <laughs> He's a Disney adult whore. What does your son know? He means literally
1: a whore. Is better than yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a pimp. Just doesn't want to admit what he actually does. So that's the <laughs> kinder. You know, well, he's a serial of,
4: killer.
2: <laughs> it, exactly. He's he's one of those uh, easy guys that's in the uh, Disney Rolodex. You know, it's like we got to stay under budget because we're paying uh, Sabrina and Sophia <laughs> big money. Who can we bring in for the bad guy? How about this guy? Yeah, he'll take we, anything. Are,
4: We need somebody that can emote one emotion.
2: (laughs) We need a single-dimensional character guy (laughs) who's overweight and looks funny. There you go. All All right, so I got a question for you guys. That
4: emotion is... (laughs) 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 I
1: I question for you guys. Uh Not counting Jillian Vigman, who's almost sort of had a career. You take the rest of the cast. Who is the most likely to actually have a legitimate, not just like made for Disney-related actual acting career. who, who should well, uh
2: Shit. Well, Gabriel Miller, as you talked before, not Jillian, that's the other mom. I actually thought she was one of the Gilmore Girls when I first saw her.
1: <laughs> I could see that. Uh, of, you mean
0: out of the kids? Which kid's going to gonna actually
1: have yeah, a who, career? Who's going to actually have a future? It's going to be the one well,
2: in you like, know, 20 years. Well, did, like, Disney... Disney's going to uh, work them for the next 10. They're going to a well, number of them are going to flutter out, but the, the one that's been doing the most so far, I I think is Sabrina Carpenter because she's been doing a lot of Disney shows. Her most recent, she was what Girl Meets World. Okay. She, oh, the, the, she's going to
4: be in the in the new Girl, Girl Meets World?
2: No, she is the Girl Meets World. Remember Boy Meets World?
4: Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying in, in the reboot she's going to be the lead.
2: Well, no, she, she is. is the lead. Was well, yeah, they already
4: doing that show. Oh, like two yeah. years
2: ago, it started. Yeah, oh shit. They, they've yeah. been doing.
4: it. Oh well, all right then.
2: And I, I think uh, I think if you if I had to put my money down on one of these, I think that the poor boys are going to go by the way of Zach. What's his name? You know, have a couple movies there in his early twenties. But I think uh, Sabrina Carter. She's she's probably going to have the longest career because she can. She's singing too. Apparently, she's got the disney multi-talent that they like and i think she's probably gonna go a while she, she
4: did seem like the one that they were you know Puff, pushing what? as the lead yeah yes i'm
2: gonna go with nikki han
0: the goth ish punk girl just looking at her background <clears throat> well you've got this crap but she's also been in american horror story she's also been in pretty little liars and she's got some you know there's got some she's got some stuff that she's interacting with like uh, she's on Comedy Bang Bang. You know, there's some stuff where I think she'll have something to fall back on.
2: Yeah. Can I change my answer? <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm going to go with Madison, Madison Horcher because I think she's going to be the world's greatest roller derby. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's got the
1: move already. Yeah. Yep.
4: She's got the whip leg yeah. move kick yeah. thing that looks like it would do no good at all in a roller derby.
1: Yeah. I'm, right. I'm gonna take the long shot and say J- Jergensmeier is gonna be the kid in like twenty years. You're like, holy crap, he was that he's on the Cookie on that Channel. <laughs> well
3: that'd be <laughs> he show. He's, honestly, gonna,
4: he's gonna be like the like the Jerry O'Connell.
1: Right. That's what that is my call is that this kid's gonna fill out and he's gonna be like the action movie star in twenty years. You're like, Holy shit, he was that little kid who was in Little Rascals and Adventures in Babysitting on Disney.
0: Well, we've had it, that more than once in the, in the, then in the now movies that we've done where we've realized that some, oh my God, this kid was blank from, you know, whatever movie it was in, in the past. We've seen it happen before. Yeah. So, so he, he's my pick for who, who that might happen to. I think Michael Northey has a chance too.
4: I'm sticking with Madison.
0: Tiny, Tiny will
2: come back.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: You know, uh, they have yet to release FIFA 2017. I think Ken Lawson will probably get uh, reprise his role as uh, motion action
3: <laughs> capture,
2: <laughs> motion action capture guy. He's, he's going to get some kind of award for that. Apparently, he's really good as a stand-in for Messi. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't
1: understand any of this. I mean, I
2: appreciated is- that joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you.
1: So yeah, obviously this was a pile of crap.
0: Okay.
4: Yeah. Did we take
2: a thumbs up thumbs down on both movies?
0: No, nah, I think we're I think we got pretty good.
2: <laughs> what, 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 well, I think it's incredibly. What, what, did you guys catch any other Did you guys catch any of the other homages to the original? They, I mean, the only thing I could catch was the rap battle that did the blues song.
0: And they shoehorned in lines from the original all
1: over the place. Yeah, they like, did. Oh, yeah, God, like, yeah. Uh, and who's gonna tell them? And then the kids all yeah, make the yeah. yeah if the, you if, should if, ask for ten
4: dollars more an hour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was there. As, as we dangerously go down the chain as the worst thing that we do the entire time that we're going to be running around doing anything.
1: No, <laughs> while we're watching this,
0: <laughs> the
4: other people got shot at literally.
1: Oh, I thought you're talking about us. I was going to say, I hope to Christ, this is the worst thing I do all week. <laughs> I watched this fucking movie. like,
4: No, we are. We are going to hell now, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> what
2: am I doing? as a 40 something year old man watching this movie. I feel well, guilty. <laughs> I, I paid $4 filthy.
1: to rent it. Uh, oh, I found it at the library. I left out. I tried TV on demand. I,
4: oh, I just bought the DVD.
1: I think I'm going to have
4: to go <laughs>
0: shower. <laughs> we actually came up with a game for this, though. Because like when they, when they went into the cleaners and the the kids ran in and the two bad guys ran in right after them right in front of that sign that said it's been 3 days since the last accident. We pause the movie and I'm like all right, this is what's going to happen. They're covered in mud. They're going to wind up getting thrown into a giant washing machine and then the the days the days we've had an accident thing is going to click down and then Susan's like and it's going to go ding. You know, and we're all we at every scene we pause it and we're like all right, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have inadvertently, uh, uh, you know, created a drinking game with my 12-year-old because it's like, <laughs> you know,
1: I'd pause it. This is you what's going to happen. You
4: can't drink with a 12-year-old, Mike. No, you can't Get yourself the, some uh, marijuana. Coca-Cola. Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> I was say, the word you're looking for is shouldn't. Because <laughs> you can. That, that I, word I gets bet. bandied about a lot
0: with me. Um, <laughs> but no, this, I mean,
3: it,
0: I just. Whose idea was this show anyway? Was it mine? I
1: think it was. I, Joe don't, Jeff.
4: I don't remember who the original idea was, but I'm the one that resurfaced it because I wanted to watch Elizabeth Shoe.
1: Yes. Well, at least Which you had understandable. an understandable reason.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize what that entailed, though. Still worth it, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to forego this. You second get to see
0: Elizabeth Shoe, but there's a dark, dark price you must pay.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, <Nope>. shit.
4: <laughs> you must give up a small fraction of your soul. <sighs>
2: Oh, that's right. There was another homage. The The uh, tow truck driver. The tow truck driver in the uh, tow truck company in both movies was Dawson.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, was, oh, okay. Good catch.
0: And they that's actually right. played back to a little bit of the – went back on what the original formula was for the first one because the – tow truck driver dawson in the original their idea was to have Mm. a very masculine woman be dawson and there was supposed to be uh hilarity ensues when they can't figure out if they're a boy or a girl type of thing like it's it's pat yeah
2: oh shut up
0: yeah (laughs) so but yeah yeah okay
4: i mean how creepy was that scene i mean when she, when she was basically just pickpocketing the, the woman in the middle of the party, I was like – she just gets $20. She's like, oh, that's not enough, goes for more, opens up the purse, gets more, and then comes back, and she's like, oh, I got us an extra $20 by stealing more.
1: No shit. And that's – everyone's pretty happy with themselves at the end, but she <laughs> stole $120 from their employers.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, then it probably got more money when they got paid.
1: Right. Yeah. And was that the family – that was the family with two kids or the family with three kids? That was a family with two kids. The two kids. Still. Family.
4: I think I, the correct answer is who cares.
1: Well, I, the thing is, is if you've got two or three kids, you can't afford to just lose $120. Well,
4: if they lived in those houses, I think they were doing all right. Okay,
1: that's fair. That's fair.
4: Yeah. I mean, that was one, one, of the, awesome. one of the main things that they were trying to show was that they lived fairly opulent lives.
1: Yeah. And then
2: uh, – well, they had the – also the other similarities uh, between the, uh, the boys having the crushes on the babysitters. You know, that was a similarity. But uh, when you're talking about age of the kids for babysitting, I, I guess the first movie may have been a little more questionable because Keith Guggen's character, Brad –
1: He was a freshman in high school. Well, yeah, but he wasn't supposed to be one of the kids who was being babysat. He was supposed to sleep over at his friend's house. Yeah. The babysitter Uh, was only hired for young Sarah. Oh. Okay.
4: Yeah, very good point. And he canceled his plans when he found out Chris was babysitting. Uh, Right. Because she
1: was a senior and he had a crush on her. Okay, that makes more sense.
4: And the second movie didn't have, you know, sexy George Newbert in it either. So, No. (laughs) Another point against it.
1: Oh God! Yeah. Are we <laughs> done talking yeah. about this shit? Hey, I don't know. It's
2: pretty fun talking about bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> but it with it, something we were talking about on the break before too, uh, <laughs> if you just wanted to do the general consensus of adventures and babysitting before we do the thumbs, you know, do the snake fingers, you know, <laughs> you've, you've got uh, the. Well, I'm gonna popular- do the snake fingers, alright. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: you filthy man. No, so you do the popularities. Uh, the popularity for adventure and babysitting has actually been falling like 210 points. And the adventures and babysitting for the original, maybe spurned by you know, this recent uh, you know, remake that's come out, has actually shot up by over 200
1: points. As it should Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at their respective Rotten Tomatoes ratings, uh, the original is sitting at looks like a solid seventy-seven percent with the audience agreeing at seventy. And because the remake is a Disney original, their critics don't soil their hands with this crap. They leave it to us idiots who talk on podcasts. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the audience score is forty-five oh. percent. I'd
4: like yeah. to think that you know the. the- Spike in popularity for the original is people watching this version and then going, "Well, that stinks." Let me see if there's something. Let, let me see what it was based on, and yeah. then they watch that or, Like, all right, this is
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or going to Netflix, saying it, typing in "Adventures in Babysitting," and the original comes up, which is what happened to me,
4: right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah,
2: I couldn't find it on Netflix. I actually had to do it on demand for Directv. Yeah. Hey, plugs for those companies. Yay! <laughs> Where's your money? Okay, no, but. Um, <laughs>
4: Send me a free DirecTV. Yeah,
2: exactly. Your subscription, you know. But uh, I, I, the I think real to sum it up real quick. The, the original Adventures in Babysitting made for a mass audience. Adventures in Babysitting Disney made for Disney.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: made for prepubescent children.
2: And not for forty-year-old men who, who sit there and have to take showers afterwards,
1: <sighs> or during. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good time to end it right there.
1: <laughs> that's that's all we need to say. In fact, a no, little more than me. we needed to say. Yes. Oh, no, you got to do your thumbs. <laughs> oh, I'll never mind. <laughs> He'll do that in the shower. Oh God.
0: Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Th- okay. Thumbs up, thumbs down on the first one.
2: Absolutely up. Absolutely thumbs up. Yeah. Yes. Thumbs up.
0: Then, thumbs up, thumbs down in two thousand sixteen.
2: Thumb way up, thumb
4: way way up, my butt. <laughs> no thumbs down,
2: obviously. Yeah,
0: that was. If if trap. if
2: you're a if you're a twelve year old boy, I can see you getting very attached to this movie. If you're a twelve year old girl, probably the same thing for different reasons. I, if you're twelve years old, you'd probably give it a sideways thumb, but as a as a forty going on fourteen old guy, I would thumbs down. Yeah, this is. But uh,
4: our our only twelve year old that watched it gave it a
2: thumbs down.
1: Yep. Ooh. Yeah. This. Well, you know, I'm not that
2: demographic.
1: I'd say this has got to be in the bottom five of films I've had to watch for the entire 155 episodes of this show. Is this, even one of the star crash? this one
4: did not make me mad like other shows have made me mad. Oh, this
1: one made me mad. <laughs> I wanted my hour and a half and four dollars back.
4: <laughs> I'll be honest with you, the fact that I didn't pay for it and I just kind of kept it running in the background while I was cleaning maybe tempered some of my anger. Because other shows I have like given a hundred percent of my attention to, and like the the mockument or the the mockbuster show, that that got a hundred percent of my energy, and it will never happen again.
2: <laughs> That's wonderful <All>
1: right. <laughs> uh, so next week yeah, next week, uh we you guys are gonna do this is gonna be the uh, first show that I'm gonna be missing all of in our entire run. Oh wow! You've
4: been the one constant. You've been my constant, Josh.
1: Yeah, I, I missed uh, like two thirds of the Prince show, but this this one, uh, uh, I will be naught but a cameo. And uh, next week we're going to have Justin from Bad Parenting Podcast talking with you guys, doing back to school shopping then and now.
0: Yeah, what we you, you know? What'd you go out and search for for back to school then? You know, what do you do for it now? Which should be pretty interesting because we've got quite the gamut of opinions on this we have pat who has done no back to school shopping since he was going to school
4: i really didn't even do it then
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's be honest yeah that's true and then we have you know my you know joel and i get the kids then and now and you know what do you do back for what's here we go what's back to school shopping when you homeschool that's what we're doing yeah uh, you buy a new home yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn it again How through school year we gotta move
1: (laughs) mortgages I'm carrying now (laughs) so if you have any questions for the guys about next week's show or any comments on this week's uh, go ahead and give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP that's 708-669-9727 right and if you want to
0: find our older stuff uh, you can find it on the home of the web along with uh, iTunes and all that other stuff go to uh, 40go14.com and if you like head over to Facebook and look up the history of bad ideas uh, that is the podcast that Blake is on. He has joined us this week, and we're great glad to have him here. Uh, yeah, thanks, Blake. Uh, yeah. Round of hey.
3: applause for Blake, everybody. Hey, hey. hey. Oh, there is so much cool. rejoicing.
2: Hey. Hey, thank you very much. It was a uh, it was a blast to be on your podcast. You know, after listening to you guys, you know, over the past year or two, um, it's really nice to be a guest. I really enjoy it, and I am really disappointed I, I didn't get to run into you guys at Gen Con this year. But we'll have to make it up for next year. Yeah.
1: Sounds great. Sounds good. Yeah. And if uh, you're <laughs> another person who reached out to us to be a guest host for these uh, weeks, we're missing hosts. Uh, do not fret. Uh, we have something in mind for you that uh, we'll be talking about, I can only say, soon. Ooh.
2: That's yeah, not, great. Nice
1: and mysterious.
2: Yes. So oh, Thanks. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and um, remember to warm up before your rap battle. I guess <laughs> I, 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 that was so Not terrible.
1: Getting off my stage until I hear about your rage, because those rhyme. And it's time. Stop! Don't <laughs> don't don't go down that
2: hole. <laughs> you put your car in the garage. <laughs> if you could throw some cricket into that rap. Some Imran Khan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be oh. awesome.
0: You never know. Oh, Josh, do you know the game the Madness of King something? Diamond. No. It's- Kong? No. Louis? Uh. In Creole. No, it's a it's a board game. Madness of King George? Uh, no, that's a movie.
1: Oh, that is. That's a movie.
0: movie. Uh, god bless it. The Madness of BB King? The B- B- Billy Jean
1: King. Ooh, that
0: would be pretty fucked up.
3: Martina Castle- Madness
1: of- The Madness of King Hippo. Oh, maybe the Castles of Mad King Ludwig? Yes, that's what I'm thinking of.
3: I was way off.